Our text is taken from the second chapter of the letter to the Hebrews, beginning at the 10th verse. For it was fitting that he from whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Christmas story is one of faith from start to finish. An angel tells Mary that she is highly favored, and then she faced the disgrace of an unexplained pregnancy. Joseph is told the child is the son of God, and then he has to take Mary to lodge in an animal's shelter. And who welcomes the birth? A few scruffy shepherds working the midnight shift around the now obscure town of Bethlehem. It took faith on the part of Mary and Joseph to believe that this child's birth, even if accompanied by a few dreamlike moments, was anything like a plan made in heaven. But this is the message of the Christmas Gospel. The Son of God entered into our human condition he shared our experiences of temptation, shame, disappointment, and pain. And this is explained in part by the letter to the Hebrews, which says, and this is our central thought tonight, Christ is not ashamed to call us brothers, family. If you think about it, we experience shame, painful emotion of regret caused by guilt or impropriety or shortcoming. It's painful emotion caused by dishonor or disgrace, what other people say about us or think of us. Shame is the hidden pain of many Christmas gatherings where we face people we may have wronged. Or people who have 
wronged us. One thing to note about shame is that others cause it to us. They point out our guilt, things that we honestly regret. Or they use it to manipulate us. We do what's right, but we get blamed or criticized for it. Shoot the messenger is often what we do, and others do it to us. Others cause us shame by playing tricks on us. I once knew of some cruel teenagers who told a friend that the party they were going to was a costume party and he was supposed to dress up in an elaborate costume. So he showed up in a costume and everyone else was in suits and ties. How embarrassing. And the shame was felt not by the guilty, but by the innocent victim. And then we cause our own shame, guilt caused by acting now and regretting it later, act in haste, regret at leisure, and the decisions and actions that we regret are the cause and source of our shame. And you know, isn't that what's painful about some of these family gatherings? I know what you did at age nine. It's hard to live some of those things down. Shame is such a powerful thing for us. We are so susceptible to it because we know that our world is not right. And we experience that regret. If you're a competent player on a baseball team and you do everything right, your teammates can still let you down and you're still ashamed of your team's record. That's what it's like for those in the world. And those who understand the game best are the ones most ashamed of how they did. We experience shame because we try to please many masters. We try to please both our parents and our peers. We want to impress both our spouse and our co-workers and sometimes their conflicting demands and expectations lead us to disappoint both parties. We try to please God and mammon. We want the praise of the world. We want the praise of God. And so often we can't have both. But the message of the Christmas gospel is that Christ came to experience our shame. We don't often realize that we think of Christ as the one who did everything right and he had nothing to be ashamed of. And there's some truth to that. But he experienced that which others caused who shamed him for doing right. Can you imagine the resentment of the other schoolboys in the village when he always did his homework? obeyed his parents, respected his teachers, and refused to join in their little sessions of trying out cuss words. Satan boldly shamed him for fasting when he could have turned stones into bread. Why aren't you spending that money on yourself instead of saving it for your children's inheritance?
And he sincerely loved those he had to say no to. Remember Mary, his mother at age 12, she said, Where were you? Your father and I were looking for you all over the place. And he said, Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? He had to disappoint the rich young ruler who wanted to follow him in the worst way. But Jesus said, you've got to have commitment. And the rich young ruler turned away. He sincerely loved those. He had to say no to people who subsequently shamed him for it. And although our Lord never sinned, he had an acute sense of regret that the world is not right. Because he understood better than any of us how the game is supposed to be played, what God's intent for our life, the joy, the love, the peace, the fellowship that he intends for us, which we have forfeit through our sin and selfishness and blindness and our desire to please everyone, God and mammon, flesh and world. He came precisely to take our shame, our guilt, our misplaced love for others besides God, the source of love. He came to take that upon himself. He was born to share our sin, our shame, our guilt, our pain, and it culminated on the cross. On the cross, he took the guilt of our sin. He who had no sin became sin for us, the apostle writes. That's why he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had the weight of our sin on his shoulders. God regarded him as sin. And he experienced the pains of hell even as he experienced the shame of nakedness and death of a criminal on the cross. And now that he has overcome sin, death, and the devil, now Christ owns us as his brothers, his family. He who experienced the rejection of man invites you to enjoy the acceptance of God. He who experienced so much for us does not regret or hide it, but he invites you to glory in it. That's why St. Paul writes, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to all who believe. That's the joy that he has come to give to you. And these are gifts that we can apply right now in our living among others. So when you go to that awkward family gathering, forgive those who sinned against you. And when others want to make you feel sin and regret, give it to Jesus who suffered and died. Know that Christ made things right, not on just on the surface. He made the world right with God. And being made right with God, 
we are now able to share God's forgiveness, acceptance, love with others, even those we may have deep-seated resentments or disappointments with. We can receive them as God's gifts to us that we might be little Christs to those others who need forgiveness, acceptance, and healing, that we might receive the same from them as God's gifts. Christ is not ashamed to call us brothers, family. He is with us even now in word and sacrament, where two or three are gathered together in his name, and he is looking forward to see us and greet us in heaven when all that obscures our vision now will be taken away when all the conflicts we feel now through the world our flesh and the devil are removed when the final enemy death is defeated and destroyed and we are together with him in eternal life he is not ashamed to call us brothers. Let us not be ashamed to own him, our Lord and our King, whose birth we celebrate this holy day. Amen. And that peace of God that surpasses understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ our Lord. Amen.